Good morning, Victory Church. How you doing? Look, so good to see you. My name is Troy. My wife, Darla, and I get the incredible privilege to pastor this church. And if you are visiting with us on Labor Day weekend, it's so good to see you. Hey, uh, we're about four things here, and I want to just kind of remind you of them. Uh, We're about growing, guiding, giving, and going. That's what we do here. That's the vision of our church, growing to help people know God, guiding to help them find freedom, giving them an opportunity to give out of their purpose, and then go and make a difference. And I've been wanting to just take a couple weeks and kind of highlight some areas where you can give out of your purpose here at this church. And there's so many areas from small groups to dream team to all kinds of different things. Um, but I want to take a second. I want to highlight kind of the, the, the group that they're always lurking in the shadows, if you know what I mean. Like they don't, they don't get a whole bunch of recognition, but what you experience doesn't happen without them. I want to talk to you real quick about the production team. All right, come on, let's give it up for the production team. And so everything from from lights to the music to social media to what's going on the screens behind me, it all happens from this incredible team. They are the first team here every Sunday morning running through everything. And so though though they may not be in front of you on stage, they are the heartbeat of this church. And I don't know if they know this, but I want them to understand that they set an atmosphere. We We try to celebrate this as much as we can. We are now, since the church launched 18 months ago, 140 eight salvations now. 148 people have given their heart to Jesus. Come on now. Come on. And uh, it, it doesn't happen without the right atmosphere. Y'all have all been somewhere before and been like, it's just awkward in here, right? Y'all, y'all have had those moments. And so uh, because of what they get to do and because of what they do every week, people come and they have a prayer time and they give their heart to the Lord. And it's an incredible thing. So hey, if you're here and you say, man, I really, really want to make an impact in people's lives, and, and this is the area of my gifting or my talent, the production team would sure love to meet you and get you involved. And as Pastor Brian said, Growth Track's the way to go about that. We don't have it this Sunday, but do us a favor, come back next week and be a part of it. Amen? Can we give it up one more time for the production team? We love y'all. You're the best. I'll keep on going. All right. Hey, you ready for the word of God? Hey, if you got your Bibles, open to the book of Genesis chapter 40. So Genesis is the first book in your Bible. If you'll just shoot over to chapter 40. If you don't have a paper Bible, feel free to look on your phones. Feel free to follow along with me on the screen behind me or our app. There are so many different areas that I want you to be able to see the scripture as we move forward. As Pastor Brian said, we're in a series called Dream Again, where we are convinced that every one of us have a dream that God has given us. Look at the person beside you and say, you have a dream. Every person, every person in this room, I know without a shadow of a doubt that God's given you a dream. And what we're trying to figure out is is exactly how we embrace that dream, how we get from seeing the dream to seizing the dream. And so we've been kind of following the life of Joseph and seeing what he does to be able to see that dream materialize so that we can do that same similar thing in our life. And last week we talked about how if you're going to really embrace the dream that God has given you, you've got to release your desires. And so if you're going to be able to embrace what God has for you, you've got to be willing to let go of certain desires you have that may not be all that God has for you. And this week I want to talk to you about how to develop your dream. When we left off with Joseph, Joseph had been sold into slavery. He was working for a guy named Potiphar. And Potiphar's wife kind of makes some moves on Joseph. He's all handsome and good looking. And she's like, hey, boy. You know, and so he decides that he doesn't want anything to do with that. And, and because of that whole process, he gets falsely accused and he ends up in prison. And so where we're going to pick up in Genesis chapter 40, he is in prison. That's where he's at. So Genesis chapter 40, verse 1 says, sometime later, 
the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master. So you've got three characters, Joseph, the cupbearer, and the baker. And the cupbearer and the baker offended their boss, their master, who was the king of Egypt, who is Pharaoh. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. And he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, watch this, which is in the same prison where Joseph was confined. Somebody say coincidence. There are no coincidences. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he attended to them. After they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, both the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, watch this, they what? Had a dream. Everybody say, there's no coincidences. So Joseph's in prison for some time, and in come this cupbearer and this baker, these two employees of Pharaoh, and they not only get into the same prison as Joseph, but they are assigned to Joseph. And while Joseph is attending to them, they have a dream. If there's anything that you and I can learn about Joseph about our dreams based off of his dreams, it would be this, that we cannot have our dream and expect to see that dream in the same day. It doesn't work that way. It needs to develop. Nowadays, in 2019, we could take a picture right now with somebody's phone, and we could slap a filter on it, and we could put it on all social media avenues within seconds. You could take a picture in service right now, text your mom, and say, hey, look at this, and you could show her the picture, right? It's that easy. But when I was young, it wasn't that easy. If you took a picture, you had to take the film from that picture, and you had to drive to your local Walgreens, which is on every corner, and you walked into Walgreens, and you gave them the film, and then it needed time for the film to develop. And so, I don't know, a year and a half later, you could return to Walgreens, right? And it felt like that, didn't it? And you get your seven pictures, and you go home. He spent like $1.50 on seven pictures. But that was the life we lived in. If you wanted something, you had to give it time to develop. And when it comes to the dreams God has put in our heart, it's no different. We have to give our dreams time to develop. There's anything that we have in uh, common with Joseph, it's that often what we dreamed and what we're seeing don't quite line up, right? How many of you got a dream? And I had a dream, had this dream, but, but where you are right now doesn't quite line up with the dream that you had. And that's because the dream needs time to develop. And so I believe there are two processes, two steps that happen during the developing time. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. And I'm going to give you the two steps. I'm going to give you kind of the spoiler alert. I'm going to give you the two steps up front. And then we're going to break them down through the life of Joseph and through our lives. And here's what they are. The first step is waiting. And the second step is working. So there's this process in between seeing your dream and seizing your dream. And that time in between is the developing time. And during that time, you do two things. You wait and you work. You wait and you work. So here we go, waiting. Number one, I call that the delay of the dream. That's the delay of the the dream, the dream being delayed. Genesis 40 verse 1 started with three words. Watch this. Some time later. Some, anybody feel like you're in the some time later? You know what I'm talking about? Like I've been in it for a while now. Listen, if we're not careful because we're reading scriptures to be able to say we read this verse, we read that chapter, we'll read over these three words and we will desensitize them and understand this. Here's what that meant. Joseph was in a waiting period. 
What I love about God is he doesn't give us a specific time. It doesn't say three and a half days later. It doesn't say six months later. It doesn't say 14 years later. It says some time later. And here's why. Because all of us, we all have dreams, but we all have different waiting periods. It's always different. So your waiting period can fit into some time later, and so can mine. And let's just be honest. We all hate to wait, right? I mean, let's just talk about it for a second. If you go to Crumble and the line is outside the door at Crumble, I, I really need stock in this place. Y'all can tell. Uh, and, and, you know, you get kind of, diff- if you go to a restaurant and they give you the little buzzer looking thing, it looks like a beeper from the 1980s and you got to go sit down, you hate to wait. If you're in traffic on I-24 going to work tomorrow morning, maybe Tuesday morning, right, you hate to wait. And there's nothing worse than waiting for God's purpose and God's plan. And if we were honest with ourselves, we would admit that we often want to be able to plant the seed and harvest it in the same day, right? Today, I'd like to be able to have my dream and see my dream. I'd like to be able to plant the seed and harvest the seed all in the same day. But every dream chaser finds themselves in this desert experience or this holding pattern time frame where we are waiting on our dream. And often it's in the waiting period where dreams get abandoned. Anybody in here pregnant? Raise your hand. If this is a surprise to your husband, this might not be the time to do it. Uh, don't raise your hand. We got, we got anybody pregnant in here? We got, well, okay, okay, we got, oh, praise God for you. There we go. Did you know that, sir? Did you know that? Okay, good. Just checking. I didn't want to be the one that helped that come out the bag. You know what I mean? I've been trying to tell you. Thank goodness for Troy. And so, uh, and look, I was, I was going to say, don't you even scratch your nose. You know what I mean? I will, I'll throw something so quick. Like just put your hand down. Put it down. Uh, let, me, let me walk through this for a minute, okay? Y'all ever seen women when they're in like the first month and the second month and the third month of pregnancy and it's all so cute? You know what I mean? They got the little bitty bump, little bitty bump. And it's like they're holding up like the little onesie, and they're like, yay, you know, two plus one equals three. And, you know, it's all, it's all over Instagram, and the husband's like, oh, this is so great. And that's the first month and the second month. You get into the seventh month, you know what I'm talking about, the eighth month, and here's what you hear. Get this child out of me, right? It's like, it's like the, the Hulk transformation, right? And she's like squeezing your hand and breaking stuff around the house. And Here's my point behind that. And I can say that because we've had two. She's had two. I was just there for the process. Um, but but here's, here's what I mean by it. When, when, we, when we start off the waiting period, we're all excited about it. Ooh, God's going to do something great in my life and I'm waiting for it. I can't wait. Ooh, hashtag God's good. You know, all these kind of things. And then six months Seven months, eight months. God, if you don't do something, I'm going to abandon my entire faith, right? It's just that kind of process. It's just waiting is not fun. And here's what I believe. Listen, I believe that you and I, our spiritual maturity can be measured by how we act during the maternity period of our dream. Because there's a maternity period and there's a labor period. And the maternity period is the time where you wait. And how we act during that waiting time literally measures our spiritual maturity. However, here's the sad thing. We're living in a culture today that has completely destroyed our ability to be patient. Right? 
Our culture today does not allow patience. Let, let, me, let, me, let me give you some examples. Let's just talk about Netflix, right? If you want to watch anything, you just grab your remote and there it goes. You know, you just, you can watch it whether it was on two weeks ago. You can watch it if it ain't even out yet. You can bootleg it, do it. I don't know how many of y'all do that. But, but you can do, you can, go to, you can go to the red box and get you a movie. And if it's not the red box, you can get online and order. You can have it just like that, right? Blockbuster is gone. You can just get a movie, boom, there it is. Movie, what do I want to watch? There it is. Music. You get Spotify, and you can just put the song in, and boom, there it is, right? Elevation Worship came out with a CD Thursday night at 11 o'clock our time. I had it on Spotify at 11.01. I was listening to it. I didn't have to wait for Target to open on Friday morning. I just, boom, had it. There it was, right? Internet, Wi-Fi, we got internet right now in the school. Just, boom, what do you want? I can look it up, boom, there it is, right? And then let's not even talk about Amazon, Right? And if Amazon wasn't fast enough, then they did Amazon Prime, right, to where you can get it in 24 hours. The next thing is going to be literally when you order it, it comes out of the little charging station of your phone. It's just like, <laughs> boop, there it is. Just kind of forms and blows up like a raft. Just, there you go, right? It's going to be that. It's just, it's just quick. And our whole culture, our kids, I know my kids, they expect it right now, right now, right now. I want this. Can I have it right now? They don't understand patience. And our culture's killing our ability to be patient. But listen, when I was young, patience wasn't an option, right? We didn't have Amazon. We had layaway. <laughs> you remember that? You know what I'm talking about? Mom and dad take you to TJ Maxx and be like, Mom, I like that shirt. First of all, you can't put underwear on layaway, y'all, okay? I'd be like, Mom, I need it quick. You can't put it on layaway. She, she would put the shirt on layaway, and she'd be want to pay $2 a, a month on it, right? So you put the shirt in layaway, you were 7. You get the shirt out, you're 11. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it don't even fit anymore, Mom. Like, this is a small, I'm in an extra large now. You took too long. You took three and a half years to pay $20 on a T-shirt. Like, I, it wasn't, there was no order it, and there it was. It was put it in layaway, and then when I have kids and I'm married, I'll go get it out. You know what I'm talking about? It was, it was a lengthy process, right? We didn't have Wi-Fi. We had dial-up. Y'all remember this? Be at home, and you click the little button on it. Ding, ding, and it starts, you just watch that little bar, 1%. Two, you could go make you a sandwich, use the bathroom, wash the car, work at eight full hours at work, <laughs> come back, and it'd be about 63%, right? You know what I'm talking about? And don't let somebody call the house. Then it's over, right? You're like, I will crucify you right now. Now, I, I, literally, my, I'm not going to be able to be on the Internet till Christmas. What is happening right now? It just took forever, right? You remember that? Dial up. Spotify, really? Let me tell you what I had to do if I wanted to be able to listen to a song. Okay, first of all, I had a stereo. I had a little CD player on top. Remember they pushed the button, the little thing pops up. Had a little tape players in front. And I would go get me a tape. Okay, now a tape is this little thing. It was kind of shaped like this. Had these two little circles. Y'all know. Okay, so I go get me a tape. And, and it just so happened I knew every night what time the countdown came on on Hot 97.1 in Memphis, Tennessee. All right? And so I knew when Casey and JoJo's songs were coming on. I knew when Joe's songs. I knew when Usher was coming on. So I would sit in front of the little tape player. I'd have my tape. I'd put the tape in. This is for all you young people, this is exactly what life was like. So when you hear this, I just want you to stand up and run around circles like Jericho March that you get to type something in Spotify, you spoiled things. And so we had, 
had the stereo, I would put the tape player in there, close the thing, and I would put it on 97.1, and I'd have to listen to the whole countdown, right? Because if you went and bought a CD, it was like 150 bucks, and like 11 songs were horrible, and one song was good, right? Y'all remember when that happened? So I would sit there, and they'd be like, next coming up, number five, KC and JoJo with All My Life. And so I would hit record, boom, and it'd come on, it would record, and I'd listen to it, right? And then when it went off, I would hit stop. And then I'd have to wait for the next song that I wanted to listen to. And then I would wait, wait, and then when it came on, I would hit record. And so you would create this tape that when you played it, it'd be like, oh, my life. And then it'd be like, it'd cut the DJ off right in the middle, right? He'd be like, hey, welcome back. And then, then as it's recording, it would flip to the other side of the tape. Y'all remember this? Right? You'd be in the middle of a song. JoJo would be hitting them notes, and then it would just like, please turn to side two. Like, what is happening right now? Like, this was my life that I lived. We didn't, look, we didn't have Netflix. We had Columbia House. <laughs> y'all know about Columbia House? 37 VHS is six cents. Y'all are, some of y'all are mortgaged in your houses right now to be able to pay the money you owe Columbia House. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, that, that was our life, right? We, didn't, we, we couldn't help but be patient. Now, now the culture, not only our kids' culture, but it's affecting us. And we are having a problem being patient. But every dream has a waiting season. And it's that waiting season that is the best season of preparation. And it's getting you ready. This is why you can't give birth at two months because things aren't ready. There's a waiting season that is a preparing season. And if for some reason you hadn't listened to me yet, please hear this. The bigger the dream, the longer the waiting period. Sometimes I have a problem, I get real impatient. I'm ready for the church to explode. I'm ready to go to multiple services and get a building and start changing Smyrna, Tennessee. Well, I just, I just want to take over the whole town. Right? I get real impatient. I'll be talking to friends, and they're like, man, your church is doing great. It's growing great. Doesn't it? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm impatient. I'm impatient. And I just felt the Lord tell me this week, hey, the biggest dreams take the longest waiting periods. And hear me, if you've got a dream that God's given you, and it's a big dream, then it's going to take a seasoned waiting period. The other thing that I'm learning the older I get is that the number one killer of patience is potential. So if you read in verses 6 and 7, I thought this was interesting. Maybe you didn't catch this. It says, when Joseph came to them the next morning, he comes to prison. He sees the cupbearer and the cake maker. He saw that they were dejected. That was interesting. So I kept reading. He said, so he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house. Watch this. Why do you look so sad today? This caught me off guard because they're in prison. (laughs) So why is it surprising that I look sad today, right? Like, is this a place I'm supposed to be happy? I'm kind of confused by this. And then what I kind of felt the more I read it is that these guys looked sadder than those guys. You've got the guys who are just in prison, who've been in prison because they're criminals. And then you've got these guys who came into prison, and now they're sadder than these guys, enough for Joseph to take recognition. And I asked God, why? What's the problem? And he said, because these guys are just in prison, but these guys are in prison with a dream. So they're in prison, watch this, with potential. See, the waiting period wasn't a big deal for these guys because they didn't have any potential. At least they didn't think they did. These guys have potential. And hear me, the more potential we think we have, the harder the waiting period will be. The harder it is for us to have patience because we think we got so much potential. 
I had coffee with a guy. He's about 21, 22 years old a few weeks ago. And he's just in a season of life where it's not really going the way he thought it would go, job-wise, ministry-wise, and different things. And, and we're just talking, and, and he says this statement to me. He says, I just feel like I'm not being used to my full potential. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't say anything to him because I didn't want to come off disrespectful. But I kind of leaned back for a second, and here was my first thought in my brain. How does he know his potential? I'm 34 years old, fixing to be 35. I like crumble if you're trying to get a brother a birthday present. <laughs> That's not obvious already. I'm 35. He's 21. I don't know my potential. I don't know about you. I don't know my potential. And to be honest with you, I don't ever want to know my potential. Because I want my potential to be so far beyond what my mind can think because it's potential that's directed by God. So when someone tells me I'm not being used to my potential, I get confused by that because I think as a culture, hear me, we have misused potential. I think parents use potential to try to encourage their kids and I think often it will damage them. We were, Casey Ray's playing uh, first soccer game a couple Saturdays ago. We're there. My parents came in town for it. It's a big deal, right? Four-year-olds playing soccer. It was up there with like the, it, what is the cup called for soccer? Stanley? That's not right. What is it? Okay, moving on. There we go. All right. If you're a soccer fan, I'm sorry, okay? Um, and so the real football is the NFL. Just kidding. Okay. And so, um, so, so, so you know, you, you would think the way parents are out there, you got parents out there, they're coaching like their child is the Michael Jordan of soccer. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like as if Casey was a little Mia Ham just out there. And so there was this moment, Casey Ray scores this goal, and we're like, yeah, oh my goodness, yeah. And watch, I have a moment here. I have a decision to make as a parent. I either walk out of that game and apply potential to her and start going, oh, you could be the next Mia Ham. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to wake up every morning at 4 o'clock. I want you outside in that grass. I want you kicking that soccer ball. I want you doing this. I want you doing that. And I can get her to this place where not only does she not want to do it, but I stunt the progress of what she was getting to do at a four-year-old team. So that's one process. Now watch this. The other one would be to accept reality that when she made the goal, six other kids were standing in a circle looking at the grass <laughs> like this, literally. And because Darla and I are screaming, Casey Ray thought, let's just try. And she walked over and was like, excuse me, we good? And it went in the goal. And she scored her goal. So I can either be like, you got all this potential. You're going to be a soccer great. Forget all of your dreams as a child. Forget being a four-year-old. Just be a soccer person. Or I could say, hey, why don't you just stay on the team? Right? Why don't we just realize you're four? I'm just afraid that sometimes we misuse potential and it hurts us. I was sitting with a, a buddy of mine. He pastors a church in Murfreesboro. They just planted a church about a year ago. Doing great. God's doing great things. We were just talking, just sharing church planning stories. And uh, <laughs> band, don't you judge me for this. He, he gets around and he says, yeah, I, I pay my band. And I was like, oh, well, we don't pay our band. Um, our band is, is they're, they're servants. They're incredible volunteers. I go all day on them. But, but I wanted to investigate a little bit. I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, they don't go to our church. He said, we pay a band, a literal band from somewhere. And they come in and they lead worship. And then, and then they go. They don't, they don't go to church there. And I thought, okay, that's not what we do, but I'm interested in what you're doing. So why do you do that? And here's what he said. He said, because we are too young to have offense. So what does that mean? 
He said, well, if you do worship and you do it right, you got to have auditions. And we're too young to have auditions. And people come in and find out that they didn't make it and get offended and leave our church. Can I tell you something? Some of us, we were five years old, and mommy and daddy told us we could sing. (laughs) And it has been directing our life. And I'm here to tell you, you cannot. (laughs) Stop it. You are the best vacuumer in the next three states, but you can't sing, okay? And so what we get, we, we get this potential in our mind that we are somebody that we're really not yet. And it's okay to want to be something, but just because mama and daddy or your great uncle or your best friend or the boy who liked you in high school told you you could do it, you allow that to stunt the progress of what God's wanting to do in your life because you become impatient because you got potential, right? I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to be doing that. No, you're not. You're supposed to just hang out for a second and let God develop you. My daughter's not ready for the major league of soccer. But if she'll stay on the four-year-old team and then go to the five-year-old team and then go to the six-year-old team and then go to the, you're catching my drift here, right? So guess what? Where you want to be, you may have the potential to be one day, but don't let the potential get you frustrated about the waiting process because that's the season where God develops you. And you will force yourself into a place and you'll find out that you are not ready for that. And then you get frustrated, and then you go, ah, I guess that was never what I was supposed to do to begin with. Yes, it was. But you were supposed to do it at 32, not 21. And there's a process you go through that prepares you. Make sense? I was in uh, Lowe's the other day. I was walking through, and I walked by this area with seeds. And it was funny because I saw the package And then I saw the picture. And I had already knew where I was going with the sermon, so I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I got it because, watch this, the seeds that are in here, but this is the picture of potential, right? So so this is what these seeds are supposed to be, just so you know. Now, not all of them are going to necessarily make it that way. Some of them are going to end up looking more like a grapefruit, right? Some of them, the the bird's going to get it or whatever. But I just, they just want you to know. That this is the potential of these seeds. Now, can I explain to you the purpose of this picture? Okay, you ready? Let me, let me get a seed out first. These are really little. I never opened this bag before. These are really little seeds. Okay. So, the purpose of this picture is this. That when you plant this seed, there's going to be a waiting season before this turns into this. And the reason that somebody gives you a picture of potential is so that you will be at peace during the process. So that when nothing is happening, you will go, that's all right. I know what it's supposed to be. If it's not there yet, I just need to give it time. If it's, whoa, 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 let's go ahead and pick it. Maybe maybe it's that underground. No, 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 no. That's not underground, player. That's above the ground, okay? So this is what the picture says. So until it looks like the picture, let's not pull it up. Come on, that's a word for you. Until you look like the picture, quit pulling yourself up. You understand? All right, so it looks like once it gets there, the picture's there, so I know the potential. So while I'm in the process, I have peace. 
Instead, it's the picture of potential that pushes us to a place where we rush the process and we stunt the progress. And it ends up being malnourished, dysfunctional, not what God wanted it to be. And then the big mistake is then you start blaming yourself. Guess I was just never supposed to do it. No, 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 no. God gave you the picture of potential so you would know when the timer was done. Understand? There's a waiting period. Next is this. It's, it's the working period. So you wait, then you work. I call this the duty of the dream. Duty, D-U-T-Y, for those of you that are still in middle school. Duty. The duty of the dream. So you got the delay of the dream, and you got the duty of the dream. Watch this. Verses 4 through 8. After they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer, the baker, the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream. And when Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. We just read that. So he asked the Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered. Now watch this. But, but they answer, but there is no one to interpret them. So we got a dream, but we need somebody to interpret them. Joseph said, don't interpretations belong to God? The reason is, Joseph had gotten this reputation that interpreting dreams is what he did. So he said, hey, doesn't that belong to God? And then he says, tell me your dreams, right? So he's in prison. He's got a dream. And here come these guys that get assigned to him. And watch this. Now they have a dream. And here's the worst part. I don't know if you've caught this. Here's the worst part. They got their dream after Joseph had his. And their dream comes true before Joseph's does. That's tough. Some of us were 60, 70 years old and we're still waiting for our dream to come true. And we're watching 20-year-olds whose dreams did come true and now we're angry about it and God's saying, no, 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 the biggest dreams take the longest waiting periods, right? Can I tell you something I believe is so profound? Here's what I'm learning about God, that God will ask you to work on someone else's dream while you wait on yours. Joseph is in prison waiting waiting. And not only do these guys come in, but they get assigned to Joseph? That doesn't even make sense. Because, hear me, God loves to put you and me in a place where we can help other people's dreams come true while ours is baking in the oven. There were so many years when we were in Memphis that all I was doing was helping other people's dreams come true. And I never fussed about it, and I never cried about it. And even though I might have had a dream before them, I was all for helping it and supporting it because I understood that. I understood that while I'm waiting for my dream to develop, not only am I going to have to wait, but I'm also going to have to work. In 13 years of ministry, I've learned that everybody wants a dream, but not everybody wants the duty. I can't tell how many people have come to me about, I want more, I want to do something more, I want, I want to do more, can, can you give me more? And then I give them more, and then guess what? Ah, that's a little bit too much, right? Because we all have these big dreams, we want to change the world. But we don't understand that with world-changing dreams come, guess what? Hard duties, work. And then here's the excuse I always hear. Well, I understand that I'm supposed to be waiting and working, and I would work, ooh, I would work my little tail off if I just knew what to do, right? Y'all, am I by myself? Y'all ever heard that before? Oh, I would do it. 
They just tell me what to do. If God would just speak to me and give me orders, oh, I would march. Listen, the Holy Spirit spoke to me all throughout this week specifically for you. Every, look, point, put your finger in your nose like this. Say, say, he's speaking to me. He's speaking to me. You ready? Here is the word specifically for your life. I'm about to give you the exact job that God wants you to do in between the seeing and the seizing of your dream. You ready? This is so profound. It's so prophetic. It's exactly tailor-made for you. Here it is. You ready? Whatever needs to be done. Whatever. I don't ask somebody, how can I help? Do you need that vacuumed? Give me the vacuum. Do you need some water? You want me to make some pancakes? You want me to hold your kid? What do I need to do? Whatever needs to be done. Hear me, wherever you are in your secular job, if you want to know how to get to the place that God has for you and you're asking, what should I do? Do whatever needs to be done. Whatever. Pastor Brian called me this week. He said, hey, I got a question for you. I said, all right, shoot. Normally his questions involve changing and buying stuff. And so I'm like, what, what do you want? He said, uh, he said, I want you to think about what frustrates you. I said, I don't understand. He said, I want you to think about what, what, what frustrates you, what needs to be done. I know where he's going with this. He wants to be able to take that off of my plate because here's what he's saying to me. Whatever needs to be done. Do you know what happened if you walked into your workplace Monday or Tuesday? If you walked up and you said, hey, 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 boss lady, boss man, I don't know their names. Hey, hey, what needs to be done? Hey, hey, teenagers, you want me, to, want me to introduce you into the word world of prophetic, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, abundance? Tomorrow, tonight, tonight, go up to your mom and dad and go, hey, mom and dad, what needs to be done? If my kid asked me that, I'd probably have a heart attack, honestly. Whatever needs to be done. Listen, watch this. I wrote this down because I wanted you to get this. The success of your dream is riding on your next move. What's my next move? Watch this. This is so profound and it's so simple. Your next move is where your responsibilities, your opportunities, and your capabilities collide. What am I supposed to do? What are you allowed to do? What are you able to do? And what needs to be done? Whatever that is, do it. Start doing it now and watch God elevate you because God is constantly, the Bible says the harvest field is plenty. We got all this harvest, but guess what we don't got? We don't got people to harvest because everybody's waiting on some world-changing thing to do and they don't understand that God has already made you a world changer. It's just about the task you have to do. But you ready? Here's this. Oh, you ready? Here, here, here's the problem. You ready? Here, here's the problem. What if, what if the duty doesn't look like my dream? Here's the problem. Now, wait a minute. I've been being told since I was three that I was going to sing to thousands. My great, 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 great grandma told me that. My aunt whose hair sits to the side, not completely on her head, told me that. My drunk uncle told me that. I got three people who've told me that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sing. I'm going to be the next Beyonce. So I'm going to be the next. Oh, we were driving with Casey the other day, and she said, to infinity and Beyonce. That's y'all's life. That's serious. That's, that's y'all's life. I'm going to be, guess, guess what? No, no, no. No, 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 no. Stop. Stop. If, if you will just 
find, well, I, I don't want to do that because that means I'm not singing, right? It doesn't look like my dream. And I'm just using an example. I'm, I'm picking on my worship team because I know I can. But, but whatever this dream is of yours, God has given you duties to do, but because the duties don't line up with the dream, you turn your nose up at them. Right? You, you know what's interesting to me? is that there's never a moment for Joseph in prison where he turns his nose up at helping those guys. Instead, Joseph grabs their hand. Watch this. His dream was him on a throne surrounded by his family worshiping him. Yet he is in prison in chains surrounded by these two bozos trying to get them, trying to get him to interpret their dream. This, isn't, this doesn't look like his dream. But Joseph didn't go, nope, I'm not doing it. Because there's not a throne in here and I can't talk to people without a throne. I saw the dream. I was on the throne. He doesn't do that. He just accepts where he is and understands that God is not only going to anoint him on the platform, but God's going to anoint him in the prison. See, 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 watch this. I was reading back to Genesis 39, and I have it on here. Genesis 39, 20, 21. I don't want you to think I'm lying. But while Joseph was there in the prison, watch this. The Lord was with him, okay? So the Lord's with him in prison. He showed him kindness, granted him favor in the eyes of the prison ward. Granted him favor in prison. Why does somebody need favor in prison? Yes, I need favor when I'm on the throne in my dream, but why do I need favor in this season, right? Watch. Let me break it down a little bit clearer. Here you are. Here's your dream, and so you expect God to give you favor in your dream. He's going to give me, but in the middle, you're not expecting much, and God's given you favor in the middle. Why? Because God doesn't wait until you get to your dream to use you to change the world. You're impacting people in the process. That's why you wait and you work. You wait and you work. You wait and you work because God will anoint you for this time as much as he'll anoint you for this time. And so though you might think you're going to speak to thousands, God will anoint you when you speak to one. Right? Understanding the favor in the process. Work and wait. Work and wait. Work and wait. Can I, oh man, please hear this. Please hear this. We, we tend to frown at the ordinary responsibility, right? Man, this is the fourth time this week they've asked me to do this. We frown at that ordinary responsibility. But can I tell you something? That ordinary responsibility was supernaturally positioned, okay? Y'all not ready for this. I can tell by your responses. You start walking this process out with God, and you're looking so much at the ending, right, that all of these little responsibilities that come in the process, you frown at. I don't want to. This, and the whole time God's saying, no, 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 you've missed it. I supernaturally position. This job you have that you know is not your ending result, I've supernaturally positioned it here because you're going to make a relationship. You're going to impact a life. You're going to allow somebody to be able to meet Jesus as their personal Savior. Something's going to happen here because God doesn't waste waiting periods. He doesn't do it. He uses it all. He uses the dream, and he uses the prison. He uses the platform, and he uses the prison. He gives you favor. You've got favor right now. You're able to impact lives right now. But you're too busy frowning at ordinary responsibilities. And there's a life change at the end of every ordinary responsibility. 
Everyone. Jamal, come here for a second. I'm going to use you for a second. So, y'all with me so far? We good today? Y'all glad you came to church today? I barely got a voice, so if y'all don't, then y'all better feed me tonight. All right. Here's the seed. Hold your hand. Close it. Okay, you wait for a second. We'll wait. Y'all good? We're going to wait. Joseph waited 17 years. We can wait a couple of minutes. All right. We're waiting for that seed to, to grow. What's wrong? Oh, we got, it's not just waiting, but it's working. Hey, I saw a water. Miss Indy, can I have your water? Throw that to me for a second. Thank you so much. Thank you. And, and look, you see beautiful. Y'all see her? Her hair is amazing. All right. So put your, put, put the, well, hold on. Let me just do it. Yeah, go ahead and put that seed in there. Put the seed in that little water bottle. There we go. All right. Is it in there? Yes. All right. Hold that water bottle. Okay. Let's get you another one. All right. Hold it. Put that, put those in there. Wait. All right. There we go. Okay. Now shake the water bottle. Shake the water bottle. There we go. All right. Ooh, there we go. Waiting. Now we're working. Got it, Jeff. Thanks, man. All right. You helped me. You helped me realize we did that's what we're talking about. It's taking a lot longer than I thought it was going to take. Chris, you're, you're, you're really good at, like, plants and stuff. What's that called? <laughs> Soccer. Uh, um, what's, what's wrong? What are we, are we, it's not, it's not happening. Do we, what, do you, what's wrong? Do you know what we're doing wrong? No? No? Is it growing? No. You mean you're not into plants? That breaks my heart. Okay. Um. Oh, oh, I get it. It's not planted. Ah, so stupid. Let me see that. All right, all right, all right. We're back on it now. Okay. Sorry. Sometimes I get to screaming and I lose the oxygen in my head. So, okay, put the seed in the soil. There we go. All right, all right, there we go. Okay, all right, so there. Now, 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 we, now we got the process because the seed needs to be planted, right? Because we can't just work and wait. We got to plant the seed first. Got it, got it. Hey, guess what? Your dream doesn't happen if you're just working and waiting. The dream has to be planted, okay? You can work and wait all you want, but the dream has to be planted. Where do I plant my dream. I'm so glad you asked because Psalm answered it for us in 92 verse 13. Planted in the house of the Lord. Hey, hey, guess what, church? Guess who gave you your dream? God. So now we need to plant it back in his house and then we need to wait and we need to work on other people's dreams. And while our dream is planted and we wait and we work, we find ourselves in the favor and the will of God. And when the time is right, some time later, guess what happens? Our dream is born. Amen? I tell you that part, I add that part to say, hey, listen, I believe more than anything that the best place you can plant your dream is in the local church. It doesn't have to be this church. It's not my concern. 
but it needs to be a church. Because here's what's cool. You have a dream, and you've been helping me with my dream now for a while, but it planted it in a church. And there's a time coming, sometime later, where that dream is going to start to come out. And who knows? Maybe I'll be able to turn around and help you. I, I was sitting with Brian Hall, one of the guys that's on our V Kids elementary leadership team. We were at dinner. He's now been on the leadership team for a little over a year, I think. Uh, the day his daughter got baptized, he had preached in V Kids Elementary, which is just a phenomenal story. And we're sitting there at dinner. We had gone to the Titans game, and, and we're having dinner. And he starts to share with me all this vision and ideas he has for V Kids. Just all this, just, it's been a year. All this vision, not, not Sam Pitch and Q Pitch's vision in him, not Troy's vision in him, all this vision that God put him to starting to come out, these dreams of his. Why? Because for a year he's been planted. And for a year he's been waiting and working, waiting and working. And God is so faithful, church. When you plant yourself, when you wait and you work, I promise you, you will see your dream come true. Lord, we thank you for who you are, for your faithfulness, for your word that is so alive and that's life-changing. Lord, I know I've said a lot today, but it's my prayer that every person that's in this building, every person that watches online, listens to the podcast, Lord, they accept the fact that not only have you given them a dream, but you've given them a time to wait and you've given them a job to do. I pray that every person that listens to this message would plant themselves in a church. They'd look for somebody else's dream to help. They'd look for an opportunity to serve you. And they'd be willing to have patience to wait on you. And they'd understand right now that they have a favor on their life that comes from you. And if they'll surrender that to you, God, you'll use them to change lives starting right now. I know they got a dream, and that dream's going to happen. But there are incredible things they can be a part of right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your dreams. And thank you for the love that you have for every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen.